So when I was, um, uh, Pastor Pete asked me to bring the word, you know, I spent, I had been spending time on perseverance and determination in, you know, writing down notes. And God said, I want you to bring the word on standing firm. And I said, but God, I prefer perseverance as a title. It sounds better. And God said, it's stand firm, you know, you've got it a bit wrong. You need to stand firm. You need to stand firm on the rock, which is Jesus. And so today, and actually before I start, I've got to pray for Cassie. Sorry, Cassie, I hope that's all right. I had a dream about Cassie last night, and um, I just feel to pray for you. The Holy Spirit just wants you to know that whatever situation is coming across your path, that God has it. And he said the word benign. There is nothing in any situation that can cause you harm to you or your family, and to stand strong and believe that. The word today is going to be on standing firm. So let's pray. We just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are anointing my lips to bring. It's your message, Lord. It's not my message. It's all about you, Lord. You are the center of the message and you're the center of this church. And I just pray that hearts are soft to receive today and that we don't leave here the same as we came. And are you all set? Amen. So the first scripture is one we know and it's from... Ephesians 6. Now, Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians, and it's about God's unconditional love, God's peace, obedience. There's, you know, great things in his message in the letter to Ephesians. But in the last chapter, he concludes with what we need to do as Christians when we know all that. And this is what he says. He says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord and draw your strength from him. Put on God's whole armour that you may successfully stand up against the strategies and deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but against the despotisms, against powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armour that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day. And having done all... To stand firmly in your place. Do you know that's a position of authority that God has given us? We are armoured up. God's saying, Paul's saying, but Jesus is speaking through Paul to the Ephesians. You know, armour up. Put on God's armour. Sometimes I think we forget that. We need to armour up as Christians. We need to put on that helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes that are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to tighten that belt of truth around us and we need to hold up the shield of faith to quench those fiery darts of the devil. And we need to, in the other hand, have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God our offensive weapon. Because who knows in these days, things are darker, aren't they? What we think is truth, some people say is a lie. What we see as good is seen as evil. It says it in Isaiah, you know, in those days, you know, evil will be called good and good will be called evil. So we need to armour up as Christians. We need to remember what Paul says. He says, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against those principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. And sometimes we can get even offended with one another. But it's not the person. In the workplace, we might be having a tough time because our our manager's giving us a hard time. In the family, you know, we can fight with one another. It's easy to fight with family members, isn't it? We know how to cause friction. But it's not the person. We've got to remember that. There's something going on in the heavenly atmosphere. And Paul's saying, we don't wrestle against each other. And we need to stand firm. And I love it because it's like the soldier in the army. You know, he's armoured up, isn't he? A soldier in the army, they have their boots, they have their belt, they have their equipment. 
And they don't run here and there. They go, they're aligned and they go forward or they stand still. They obey their leader, but they're armoured up. And we need to be like that, soldiers in the army, standing on the rock, standing on Jesus. And what does stand firm mean? It remains to refuse to change a position or a decision, to hold firm, to resist, to stand fast. And that can be challenging. You know, I once heard a pastor say, being determined is like a dog with a bone. You've got to get hold of that bone and not let it go. So when we see this, would you take the bone out of that dog's mouth? I don't know, maybe you would. It looks a bit... When I was looking for pictures of a dog with a bone, I was like, well, I would even try maybe. It's a bit uncertain, isn't it? But what about this one? (laughs) Nah. And that's how we need to be, don't we? We need to be... It's not a very nice picture, actually. It's awful. But it gives you an image of what we need to be like as Christians. We need to be determined. We need to hold on to that promise that God has given us because God's word is true. And what he's promised you for your family situation, for your finances, for your healing, for your restoration with that person who is no longer talking to you, for that freedom from addiction, you hold on to that like a dog with a bone because God is true to his word. Amen? In Deuteronomy 31 and 6, it says, Be strong and courageous and firm. Fear not, nor be in terror before them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you, and he will not forsake you. This is Moses talking to the Israelites. He was 120 years old at the time, and he knew he wasn't going into the promised land, that he wasn't crossing the River Jordan, and he was encouraging the Israelites. And he was saying, you don't have to fear because God, he's not going to leave you. He goes before you and all those nations, God will come against them. You don't have to do it because God will do it. And sometimes I think we forget that. You know, be strong, be courageous. God will do it. Whatever you're holding on to, whatever you're believing for, God will do it. In 1 Corinthians 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, be steadfast, Be immovable. I love that. Because your labor in the Lord is not futile. Whatever work we do for the Lord, it's not in vain. Lord goes to work as we pray. You know, he goes, he moves. He's activated by our prayers, our words, and he goes to work for us in the heavenly spheres, and he moves things and he aligns things on our behalf. Exercise through our faith. He loves that. We release our faith. So we need to be intentional, we need to be tenacious and deliberate and focused and not let go of that hope, what we're believing for in Jesus. And God wanted to bring this word today, I think, really was to encourage people, to encourage the church that he's with you. He doesn't want you to lose hope because he is our hope. And even though sometimes things take a while, he's working on our behalf But there are some strategies, and God gives us the strategies. We need to armour up. We need to stand firm on the rock. But we also need to spend time in his word. And in John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God himself. It's a bit hard to get our head around, but when we're reading the Bible, the word is God. It's alive. It's active. It says in Hebrew, it can't go out and come back empty. It has to go out and accomplish that for which you speak the word out. 
So when we read the Bible, we're actually communing with God and it builds us up. The more you spend time in the word, it builds you up. You can feel it, it builds you up. People who spend time in the Word, and not just on a Sunday coming to hear you know, some scriptures in church, but people who spend regular time in the Word throughout the week are 74% less likely to gamble, are 61% less likely to view pornography, are 57% less likely to get drunk, 68% less likely to have sex outside of marriage, 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. Interesting facts, aren't they? That's because the word builds us up, gives us that strength. If you want to overcome something, spend time in the word. If you, you know, you want to see a breakthrough, spend time in the word. Find that scripture that pertains to your situation and stand on it, immovable. Speak it out. People are 228% more likely to share their faith with others if they spend time in the word. And that's our calling, isn't it? 407% more likely to memorise scriptures. God's word is powerful. I'll just show you how powerful. This is a picture of my son's wedding last year. This is my family. I have four children and nine grandchildren, two son-in-laws, one daughter-in-law. One daughter is still single. And I look at this and I think, this shows me the faithfulness of God. You know, their dad left when they were quite young, so I really raised my children on my own. And I look at this and I say, thank you, God. It's the redemptive plan of God. It's the standing on the word. There is so much prayer that has been sown into my family from my grandmothers. My father was a praying man. We were down on our knees at every, you know, opportunity. You know, in the car travelling, we always prayed. And I have spent many hours at night walking the lounge room or walking wherever we lived praying and speaking the word out and I look at this and I say thank you Lord that's just that's wonderful so that was last year and since then we've had another baby granddaughter this year and another little grandson and his big sister looks very happy doesn't she that she's got a little brother so if you're hoping for your family members to be saved if you're hoping for your family members to be restored to you don't give up Stand on the word. I'm the only one at the moment walking with the Lord, coming to church, but I don't give up. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord and God will have his way. And one day they'll all be back in here, taking up the back or the front. (laughs) We need to be patient. In Psalm 37 and 34 it says, "'Wait for and expect the Lord.'" And keep and heed his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. I love that. In James 1 and 12 it says, Blessed is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the crown of life. And some versions say the victory crown, which God has promised to those who love him. We just have to persevere. We have to be determined. We have to not give up. And it's not easy. It's like the farmer who sows the seed. He sows the seed in the ground, but he's already prepared the ground. We prepare the ground by reading the word, by praying, by communing with God, by coming to church and sitting under the word, by edifying one another. And then we sow the seed. But the seed doesn't come up straight away. There's a waiting period. If you've ever watched it come up to the ground, the ground cracks and then it pushes you can see it pushing through before the little bud even just appears above the ground and then it unfurls and the shoot comes up 
And then the farmer keeps watering that so it grows. So we have to water our situation with the word of God. In fine, you know, our finances, perhaps we're believing for an increase in finances, a change in our job situation. Water it with the power of the word and be patient. Because God says, I will do it. And in this fast-moving pace that we live in, which we all know McDonald's is too slow. The microwaves are too slow. We have drive-through coffee. We don't even have to sit in a cafe. We get a coffee, we go in the car and we're off to work. What about when it's busy in town and we're behind the car? And this has even happened during the week when it's getting quiet. You know, it's a 60K zone and someone's doing 40Ks while they look out the window because they're not sure where they're going. You know, I have to check myself here because... Just don't leave enough time to maybe get where I want to go. And so I get angry with the person in front. But it's not their fault. Allow them time to find their way. It stops an accident, doesn't it? Uh, In Habakkuk 2 and 2 to 3, I love this scripture. It says, write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon the tablets so that everyone who passes may read as he hastens by. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. And though it tarry... Wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not be behind on its appointed day. So what God's saying is, you know, like through Habakkuk the prophet is, write it down, and though it seems to tarry, though it, though it is a bit slow, you know, it will come, but it will come in God's timing. And we all need to learn patience, don't we? Be still. Psalm 46 and, and verse 10. Let be and be still and know that I am God. Sometimes God says, just stop, be still, stop running around. I am God, I am in control of the situation. You don't need to do anything, be still. Have you ever heard that expression like a chook without its head? So I don't know if you've seen it, but when you take a chook's head off, when you're going to, you know, if you kill your own meat, the chook runs around and around because those nerves keep it going. And that's where the saying comes from. And what God's saying is, stop. Don't do that. Be still. I am. You know that I'm God. In Mark 4 and 39, this is when Jesus had been preaching to the crowds and then he got in a boat with the disciples, sailed across the lake to the other side and he was asleep in the bottom of the boat and a violent storm, it says, arose and the disciples were really fearful for their lives And they went down to Jesus, who was fast asleep, woke him up and said, do something, do something. And this is what he does. He he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush now, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And I think sometimes when we're still, the calm can come. The peace of God that passes all understanding can envelope us. In fact, we can even stand on that scripture. Your peace that passes all understanding be about me, Lord, in this situation. And then we won't run to and fro. We won't be distracted. Stand firm. We have talked about James 4 and 7. It says, be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. So when we're standing firm on the rock, which is Jesus, and we're immovable, we're armoured up, we're speaking the word. Devil can't come near us. The armour of God far outweighs what the devil can do. We've got God. We're on the rock. He's our strength. Amen? 
And our words is are really important, it's what we speak. So we've got the strategies from God and we have to also speak the words because we know power, you know, the power of death and life are in our tongue and what we speak of it, we will eat it. What the fruit of it we speak, we will eat. So we need to speak life into a situation. So your situation might not look in the natural like things are changing the way you would want it to. But don't speak negatively over that situation. Speak positively. You know, Jesus is my Lord and God. He's changing this situation. All things work for good, you know, for those who love the Lord. I am victorious in every situation. I am, you know, the head and not the tail. Speak those words to the situation. Don't speak, oh, it's impossible, oh, it's this. And be careful who you speak to because some people speak things that can bring us down a bit. We need to edify one another. Okay? Joyce Meyer says, um, one of Satan's favourite things to do is to try to get us to give up. However, God tells us to endure, to persist, to continue and then to finish. He teaches us to be long-suffering, to be patient, to be determined, to be steadfast. God's plan for our life. You know, I love what Pastor Pete brought last week. You know, sometimes we think we're in the will of God and we're not in the will of God. When Pastor Pete and Rosemary bought that block of land, you know, they thought they were in the will of God because it looked like the right door to go through. And, I, you know, I've done that. That looks a fantastic... That must be God. That looks the right direction. And gone through there only to find that actually it wasn't God's direction at all. We need to seek God's purpose for our life we need to seek his will in every situation what are you saying just ask him he wants to talk to us he wants to tell us he could tell us through the scriptures he might just that still small voice might speak into us it might be the sense of peace that you get going one way and not the other in proverbs 19 and 21 it says many plans are in a man's mind but it is the lord's purpose for him that will stand you know, and God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. You know, he has us in broom for such a time as this, doesn't he? Just some examples in the Bible of people who persevered, like all throughout the Bible, there's so many people who persevered, who were determined, who stood firm as rocks. Abraham, the father of faith. He became, he was told by God, you're going to father a promised child through Sarah, your wife. And Abraham laughed when he first heard that because he was a man of old age and Sarah, but she was old past childbearing years. So whether he laughed because he thought God was having a joke with him, because God, we know, has a sense of humour, or whether he laughed because it was absurd, we don't know. But he thought that God needed a hand. He waited a while and then he thought God needed a hand. So he birthed Ishmael by Haggai, his bondservant, at 86. But God said No. I promised you through Sarah you would have a son. And so he had to wait 14 more years. That's a long time, isn't it? He was 100 years old when he birthed Isaac and Sarah was 90. Esther, what an amazing, you know, like she went in to save the Jewish people from being annihilated. She went into the king's court uninvited, which was a big no-no. She risked her life. But she was determined. Even if I die, I need to do this. Paul, Paul in Acts, he was warned when he was preaching, don't go back to Jerusalem, don't go back to Jerusalem. And someone even said, you're going to be imprisoned if you go back. And Paul said, but I have to, even if I die, even if it means that I die, I have to do this. 
and he was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he was in prison for years. But he still preached, he still believed in God, he still sang songs of praise. They were people who were determined. And I'm just going to finish off with just a few scriptures. <clears throat> Psalm 18, 28 to 30. For you cause my lamp to be lighted and to shine. The Lord, my God, illumines my darkness. For by you I can run through a troop. I love that. And by my God I can leap over a wall. It's like with God we can do anything. We just have to be firmly planted, don't we? Zechariah 9 and 12 says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will restore your former prosperity to you. What is a prisoner of hope? It is someone who refuses to stop hoping in God, no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation. The devil cannot defeat someone who determines to hope in God. And in Psalm 37, 3 and 4, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's a promise we can stand on. And the last one, this is uh, from the Message Bible. God is strong, and he wants you strong. God is strong. He's our strength, but he wants us strong as well. And actually, there's... One more scripture, the last one, from Habakkuk 3, 17 and 19. Though the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, the product of the olive fails and the fields yield no food. Though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He is my personal bravery. He is my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk and progress, make progress upon high places. I love that. He's our invincible army. We can't see him, but he goes to battle on our behalf. Whatever situation you're facing, he's fighting for you. And he's our personal bravery. And the hinds feet, they're like those goats. They can go up on mountaintops. Skipping over mountain. He wants us to do that. Whatever mountain is in your way, whatever obstacle you're facing, God is going to give you the ability to be victorious by going up on those high speed and overcoming that situation, that mountain, that hurdle, and be victorious through him. Amen? Amen. That's it, Pete. Hallelujah. Thanks, Jen. What a, what a good word to get on a uh, Sunday morning here in uh, Broome, amen? Just to uh, uh, get that, that um, uh, recognition that, you know, what God wants us all doing is being a people that will stand on the word, you know, no matter what it looks like, no matter how bleak it looks. And I love that last one out of Habakkuk, you know, um, love that. You know, even when it doesn't seem like things are working, who's ever been there before? You know, things don't look like they're going, you know, that anything good's going to come out of this. But, you know, God's got a way of turning it around. And what he's looking for is some personal bravery, you know. And that's what we find in him. That's what we find as we turn our heart toward him and, and make sure that our hearts are locked into his word. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. That our, our hearts are, are, are locked into his word and, that, um, and that's all that we're going to look at. You know, lifting our eyes upon Jesus. Isn't it right? 
lifting our eyes upon him. You know, and, you know, we may not at times be able to see, see into, um, into heaven and see what's actually happening there, but it's by looking as, as Jen mentioned, it's by looking at his word that we're looking at the word, which was, which was the Lord. In the beginning was the word, the word was God. And he wants us in that place where we're locking into him. Amen. I'm going to make a, an invitation. Why don't we all stand to our feet? And I, I, I feel, you know, maybe Jen, you, maybe you need to come and pray this as well, Jen. So come over and I'll get you to pray. I just really believe that we need to pray a commitment to the word this morning. You know, as we, as we go on our Christian lives, sometimes you can find that your commitment to the word can get a little, a little loose and uh, as not what it should be. And I, I just believe together we should just pray a, a prayer of a commitment to be a people of the word, you know. And, uh, and we'll see the result of that, which is great grace upon our lives. So maybe, Jen, if you just pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We just thank you, Lord, that it comes alive in our lives, that our hunger for the word is renewed like a fire that is fanned by your flame, Holy Spirit. As we spend time in your word, Lord, may it just activate us, Lord Jesus. May it just strengthen us. May we just draw from it like like you would have us draw from it, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that every promise in your word that we can stand on pertaining to our situation is going to be victorious we're going to be victorious in every situation as you as we spend time in the word and you direct us because it says a good man's steps are ordered by the lord and we just thank you lord that's found in your word lord jesus thank you lord